مسيرة عسيرة وصورة حشد ومواكب في عيون صبية بهية عليها الكلمة والمعنى نصر يما يا سفينة مهما كان البحر عاتي فلحينك ملحينك يزعقوا للريح واتي اللي عالدفة صنايعي واللي عالمجداف زناتي واللي فوق الصار كاشف كل ماضي وكل هاتي عقدتين والتالتة تبتا تركب الموجة العافية توصلي بر السلامة مع جبانية وصبية يا بيه Hello everyone and welcome to a continuing discussion uh, on the cinema of Yusuf Shaheen. Uh, I'm very grateful to Hussein because uh, he's filling up uh, all these gaps and kind of lack of context and just lack of knowledge that uh, we as foreigners looking at a national cinema uh, uh, are often prayed to. Um, so we've been going through the filmography uh, pretty systematically and uh, today we will begin with The Sparrow uh, in the early 70s and then kind of fast forward uh, to Adieu Bonaparte, which is really where we left off uh, in the discussion uh, next week. And then we'll move on to his work uh, in the 90s. So let's begin with the Sparrow, Hussein. Uh, yeah, so, um, so uh, in 1967, you know, the Six Days War happened, uh, which was a drastic defeat to uh, the Arab nations and in particular to Egypt. Um, and Shaheen being the uh, avid Nasserist and uh, supporter of the uh, of Arab nationalism, for him the defeat of 1967 was a, a major catastrophe. And you just can't imagine, even I can't imagine, because I, I hadn't lived these days, but you just can't imagine the effect of that event on, on, on Egyptians and especially on the Egyptian intelligentsia of the time, which uh, Shaheen was one of. So uh, uh, The Sparrow came as uh, uh, a movie that was uh, uh, kind of self, kind of self-criticism to the government, trying to find uh, um, an answer to why has this defeat happened. So it, the, the, the Sparrow was shot in uh, 1972. Before that, he had the, uh, the choice, which you haven't seen, so I'm not going to talk about that one. Mm-hmm. But the choice was basically... Uh, a kind of a uh, uh, of a trial uh, to the Egyptian intelligentsia, blaming them for part of what happened, and then in in the Sparrow in nineteen seventy two, it was pointing fingers at the corruption that was very ripe in the government at the time and in, in the entire country, and as as you've seen it, the uh, 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 I, I'm not going to go through the story because uh, you know it already. Uh, but uh, the interesting thing about this film is that it was, first it was approved, uh, the scenario was approved, but then when when the film was shot and it uh, it went for the like the the final clearance before being shown in cinemas, it was rejected in nineteen seventy two, and the reason for that was, they thought that 
the government thought that the, the, the level of criticism there was just a, a little bit too much. That um, in 1972, Egypt was uh, preparing itself to go to, uh, to war, which would eventually happen in 1973, the Yom Kippur War. So the government at the time um, thought that this was a little bit too much that they could uh, afford to, to just to, to, to let him show it. So, so the film, hmm. yeah. Can I interject there? Can I interject there for a moment? Because I want to know, um, how were films financed? Were they reliant on a government subsidy? Or was it like earlier uh, in the 50s where you had independent producers putting money and, and so on? Was there now a system of state sponsorship? Yeah, so unfortunately by that time, yeah, the, the, the cinema, the movie production was partially nationalized. Uh, there were still some uh, private companies that were doing film productions, but uh, many of the, uh, the major motion pictures of the uh, 60s were uh, uh, financed by, by the government. So, uh, and, and, and it's good that you've brought this up because... Um, when Shaheen first uh, went to the uh, authorities to, to, to try and get finance for the Sparrow, they, they, they just refused. They, they wouldn't give him finance for the Sparrow. And that's what led him to establish his company, the, the Misr International Films or Egypt International Films. And then he uh, started looking for finance somewhere else and eventually he got it from uh, Algeria. Um, so he filmed the Sparrow. It was rejected uh, uh, at the final check, uh, and he just had no other choice but to shelve it for now. And this was in 1972. In 1973, the, the, the war happened in October 1973. And uh, following, following the war, the, the mood was changed in Egypt. There was a, a kind of jubilation. The government uh, was, uh, had decided to start easing many of the restrictions uh, of the Nasser era because... Uh, for them, the, the, there was the, the 73 war was a cut with the Nasser era. Sadat wanted to establish his legitimacy as the hero of war, as the one who has uh, rolled back the defeat of Nasser and established uh, his own victory and his own uh, new regime, which would uh, depend on freedoms, on capitalism, on... Uh, 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 yeah, like opening prisons, uh, allowing freedom of expression, freedom of press, freedom of, uh, of all kinds of uh, civil freedoms and even political freedoms later on with the re-establishment of political parties by the mid-70s. So uh, um, the film was shown again. and But of course, it was still, the, Shaheen still had to cut 38 scenes out of the film. and uh, um, but, be, but even before the film was shown, when the war happened, Shaheen released the uh, the 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 song from uh, from the film, and uh, interestingly enough, this song was associated with the war, and even until today, almost every single Egyptian would recognize this particular song, but they wouldn't know that it was a Shaheen song. So, uh, and it it really tells you how much uh, of influence Shaheen had has on Egyptian popular culture and um, on Egyptians in general. So uh, and then when that's a that's a recurring sorry that's a recurring theme of yours how much of the films dialogue songs etc has has just entered the culture and become just part of Egyptian culture that people can't 
name the origin of but exactly yeah exactly and and this is this is a prime example because that particular song and you can th- and you can hear it throughout the film uh, you can hear the, the the tune throughout the film it's uh, kind of a a, a wartime song uh, that uh, um uh, that was that Shaheen decided once the war happened in October 1973 and without even being able to show the film he just decided to release the song uh, on the ra- on radios and uh, it really be- became associated with with the war and even until until this day today uh, you you would uh, hear it on on radios uh, around october of every year so um, so that was uh, quite interesting and then the film was shown and uh, 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 one of the most memorable scenes actually and i think it's the scene it's the the master scene of the film is the last scene when uh, nasser goes on tv uh, after defeat in 1967 and announces uh, he goes on a televised uh, uh, televised talk to the people uh, and he announces defeat he admits responsibility and uh, he he declares that he is just going to leave he's just going to step down uh, he's not he's no longer becoming the president and immediately after that thousands maybe even millions of people in not just in Egypt but in other Arab countries they poured down to the streets refusing his stepping down and uh, it's one of these pivotal moments in in our history and Shaheen captures this moment brilliantly in the last scene of the film uh, the 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 lady Behaya which uh, as I told you before Behaya is always a symbol of Egypt uh, running down the street and shouting no we will fight we will fight and again, this is one of the most remarkable scenes in, in, in the history of Egyptian cinema. And uh, again, it's very recognizable and uh, very few people know that it's actually from the Sparrow, a Shaheen film, because the Sparrow is, is hardly shown anywhere um, for one reason or another. It's, and why is that? I, I don't know, but it's, it's hardly shown. They, they couldn't, I think they couldn't even find the negatives for it, so it, it hadn't been restored with the other Shaheen films. Unfortunately, that's, that's very unfortunate. Uh, but hopefully, well, at one point they will get to restore it. But it's it's hardly shown anywhere, and even the um, uh, the the copies that uh, you can find on the internet are very very bad and um, uh, very old. So uh, so that's the sparrow. And then um, so yeah. So that's the, that was the second film, and then the third film, and probably the most famous uh, of the uh, defeat trilogy. Uh, of Shaheen is the uh, 1976. Sorry, is that the official name, the Defeat? Trilogy? Yeah, that's what critics called them. Yeah, the trilogy of Defeat. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, the, the so, choice, the sparrow, and the return of the prodigal son. So, Return of the Prodigal Son is probably the most uh, known of of uh, of the three films, and uh, and again. The title of the film, Return of the Prodigal Son, in Egypt, in, in Arabic, Aoudat al-Ibn al-Dal, this has become like a mantra. Uh, people use the word. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so this is 1975 now, and we had, Egypt had uh, uh, initiated the, the Yom Kippur War in 1973. Uh, negotiations have are beginning to start between Egypt and Israel uh, on how to uh, uh, disengage from the war and how to eventually, which would eventually reach to the reach the the the, the, the peace agreement of nineteen seventy eight, and 
uh, so that's on the international scene. Inside Egypt, uh, uh, by 1975, uh, Shaheen was, uh, this was a, a moment of uh, desperation and frustration for Shaheen. Because for somebody like him, he was seeing that all the uh, uh, the gains of the 1952 revolution were being rolled back. So Nasser was being disparaged on 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 TV, and writers were now writing glorifying Sadat and disparaging Nasser, putting all the blame for the defeat on him and giving all the credit for Sadat. And by the way, this is a very Egyptian uh, trait uh, from the pharaonic times, even from ancient Egyptian times. The, mm. the new king will have to just tarnish everything before him and uh, just claim all the credit and the victory. So, um, yeah, so, so the socialist decision decisions of the 60s are being rolled back. Uh, capitalism is again taking place or uh, gaining back momentum. Even uh, many of the, uh, the old money families are actually being given given back their money uh, by the Sadat regime. Um, Egypt is going uh, from uh, a kind of alliance with the Soviet Union towards allying with the United States. So uh, all of this is 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 too too difficult for Shaheen and for many of the uh, left leaning intelligentsia of Egypt at the time to to fathom. So this is the, the, the setting when Shaheen started thinking about the return of the prodigal son. And uh, uh, so the film depicts a family. And the family is, is, is a very strange one indeed. It's, uh, you have the, this is the Madbuli family. You have the father, who is Muhammad al-Madbuli, uh, married to uh, the wife. They have two children, two sons, uh, Tolba and Ali. Um, Tolba is the mean guy who has who uh, he was an uh, an officer in the army, but he uh, retired early to to run the family business. Uh, the family business is taken is based on money from the mother's family. Uh, Fatma is there. Fatma is the niece. Uh, there is a very strange relation, a very uh, dark history between Tolba and Fatma. Ali has just left uh, the family. He's been gone for 10 years now. They don't know anything about him. And uh, the, 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 whole, the whole film takes place in a town called Meet uh, Shabura, which would translate to something like uh, foggy, foggy town or something like that. So Shabura means fog, uh, which is very uh, relevant. And uh, in one of the interviews, uh, Shaheen was talking about how long it took them to actually find the house where they filmed uh, the, 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 the Madbouli family house. Uh, and you can see it's a very significant house for two reasons. Uh, it's a very gloomy and dark place. And you can see it even on the walls. The walls are like darkish and uh, the paint is peeling off. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of melancholic. Uh, and then it's uh, on 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 the back side of it. You can see it's uh, uh, there's a, like a straight line separating desert from uh, greenery. So and that's and that's uh, that's very interesting. Um, so the, the actual filming location is not very far from where I live. Actually, it's uh, here in uh, in in Cairo. But uh, the film in the film the town Mitshabura is probably somewhere towards Eastern Egypt, towards the Suez Canal, mm -hmm. because you can see that there is a military camp uh, next to it. That's the, the military camp that Tolba was trying to um, 
to use some of his connections to uh, to do business with to make some money and the film starts in uh, uh, August of 1970 uh, so this is the summer of 1970 just before Nasser dies the uh, the war of attrition between Israel and Egypt is about to uh, the truce is about to take effect uh, and that was called the Rogers Initiative. It was an American-led initiative that led to the uh, seas of hostilities between Egypt and Israel at the time. And uh, uh, the two, uh, the third generation, Ali, uh, sorry, not Ali, I mean uh, Ibrahim, Tolba's son, uh, and Tafida, who is the uh, uh, the daughter of, of the two working guys who work for, for Tolba at, at the factory. So the whole family is, is in my opinion, an, uh, um, an allegory to the Egyptian family, to Egypt. And with all the, uh, the pressures uh, and all the frictions going on uh, in the society, and, and the, the, the same that was happening by that time, by the mid-70s, all the frictions happening, the, uh, the rift between the lefts and the rights and uh, the emergence of uh, uh, militant Islam, at the time, and uh, so Shaheen was 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 very uh, cognizant of all of all these effects taking place. And if you look at the the, the two characters, Tolba and uh, Ali, his brother, uh, in my opinion, both of them are uh, references to Nasser himself. Both of them are the two the two uh, sides of Nasser. So there is Tolba, who is the the the, the side of the dictator, the and also notice his military background. So this is the dictator who has taken the factory uh, from previous uh, foreign owners and who has done absolutely nothing to improve it or to advance the way it works. Uh, there is There are the people at the factory, the workers, uh, who are uh, probably uh, Egyptians, uh, the, the, the people of the country and who are uh, who are trying to 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 take their uh, their rights to have their um, to to organize uh, as 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 a union, but he's not allowing them to. Uh, so this is like the the that side of of Nasser, and then there is Ali, who is the side of Nasser that that people had so much expectations, so many expectations in, and he just failed them, and it's very significant because in the film you see at the very beginning of the film um, when Ali gets out of prison. Uh, he had actually written a letter to the president, President Nasser, and President Nasser has decided to just uh, release him. And he is released on the very same day when Nasser dies. And you can see just as he is released, he goes and participates in Nasser's fun funeral on the 28th. So Nasser passed away on the 28th of, of September. I think the funeral was on the 30th. So uh, uh, just as he gets out of prison, Nasser dies. And by the way, the scenes from the funeral are uh, real footage taken by Shaheen. Uh, he used to take uh, actual footage of major events that uh, that happened. Um, and I think this this is kind of Shaheen trying to 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 say that the Ali of before the Ali that uh, people had high hopes in has just died the the day he went out of prison, just the same way as Nasser had died on that on that same day. So Ali goes. 
back to the town uh, to uh, his jubilation of his family and the entire uh, people of the town. Uh, they now think that finally he's back. Uh, things will be right. He will speak with Tolba. We will get our rights back uh, and everything will be fine. But then they just realize that this is... Uh, this is this Ali is a former shadow of himself. He's not the Ali that uh, that left ten years ago. Uh, and in one of the very very significant scenes is the one where Ali is um, the one that involves Ali and his father uh, back in the this desert area behind the house. And Ali says a very very uh, significant sentence. He says he was talking about himself and the, the his previous experiences in the ten years that uh, when he went. Uh, away and he was saying that everything was going right dust was turning into gold i went everywhere i even africa i went to africa but suddenly the magic was gone everything was destroyed and i think this this is very very uh, significant because especially the reference to africa because this is absolutely this is absolutely Nasser's story uh, because at the very beginning yeah dust was turning into gold in his hands uh, the entire continent, uh, he was leading the uh, efforts against col- colonialism in the entire continent. And then suddenly everything just, just, uh, everything just, just collapsed. So, uh, can, can I ask something about that? Because, you know, the phrase that you said, it sounds kind of so odd to my ears, right? Like, you know, he even went to Africa. I mean, do Egyptians not consider that Egypt is part of Africa? No, no, we do consider, of course. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, of course, it, uh, we do consider. But I mean, I think what, what, is, what is meant by that particular sentence is that uh, is a reference to Nasser's popularity in African countries at the time, in the 50s and the 60s, mm. and the way Nasser supported uh, the entire continent in fighting against colonialism. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, Nasser is even up to till today is considered a hero in uh, in many African countries. Uh, you you would hardly find an African country that doesn't have a name a street named after him. Uh, I think so that that that's where it, that that's uh, where it comes from. Um, and then you can see the songs in the film. The film is very significant. The songs in the film are very significant. And even Shaheen Shaheen calls it a musical tragedy. Um, Especially the the third and the fourth uh, uh, songs, the third one uh, was with the, um, the the dancing and the, you know the people dancing in the factory and then uh, going out and then finally uh, being attacked by by the guy the cowboy on the horse and the the lyrics of the song of all the songs actually were written by uh, Shaheen and uh, a, a very famous Egyptian poet of the time called Salah Shaheen. Uh, Salah Jaheen was uh, a member of the Egyptian, uh, if you would call the the intelligentsia. He was a poet, um, and he was one of the most avid supporters of of Nasser and of the uh, Republican regime before nineteen sixty seven. And after nineteen sixty seven, he he went into depression until he died. Um, so uh, the 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 words, the lyrics of the song. Is is also very uh, interesting because it says, um, and uh, and I will try to to like translate from Arabic. Um, so they are talking to Ali, who is Nasser here, and they are telling him. Mm-hmm. So you have gone far and and went and uh, you went left and right and 
just and then you came back and tell tell us what have you gained uh, what have you been able to do uh, you promised us something and we dreamed of it uh, your lips spoke and our eyes saw so whatever he said was like for Egyptians was like a dream that they could envision right away and uh, you even promised to get us uh, uh, bird's milk and bird bird's milk is in I don't know if it's the same in English but in, in Arabic in Egyptian the word bird's milk is in is an expression that means something that is impossible to achieve because birds don't have milk so uh, uh so it's so so it's obvious that ali is this uh, representation of uh, an era that that just crumbled down after 1967 and that uh, was by the 70s was being uh, completely uh, rolled back uh, and for shaheen that was something uh, that he had to to talk about that he had to do a film about and then the the uh, and then you can see the, the 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 hope in the new generation and how uh, by the end of the film as the family starts fighting each other and killing one another and how prophetic Shaheen was because that's exactly what happened in Egypt a few a few years later when Sadat was killed actually by by members of the uh, of the army uh, in 1981 in October 1981 and in in the years between 1975 and 1981 Egypt was a boiling pot. Uh, the tensions were so high. Uh, there were uh, riot, riots in 1977, in January 1977. Uh, by September 1981, Sadat had gone completely crazy. He went on and almost put in prison like half the country, like journalists, filmmakers. Uh, it was it was crazy. So it was quite quite prophetic that that the family that has uh, just started killing one another, that this actually happened in real life in Egypt in, uh, later on in 1981 and led to Sadat's death. And also, uh, it happened in the Arab world because in 1975, the war had started in Lebanon and very quickly it escalated into something that, uh, that, that was a complete tragedy for the next 15 years. And that was something also that Shaheen was very cognizant of. Um, and, and at the end, the message at the end is that uh, Shaheen thinks that um, the hope is in the new generation as uh, uh, represented by Ibrahim and Tafida. Uh, together they escape to Alexandria to go to university, which again, Alexandria here is the symbol of everything that is beautiful and good and just and, uh, and great, uh, as we have uh, come to know now uh, in Shaheen's universe. So... Um, and then uh, the last the last scene the 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 clown just singing uh, before the, the the credits roll is is just the, the, the entire thing is is just a farce so uh, it's, it's, yes. it's we wondered about that yeah it's it's one of the it's a really dark film and uh, even though many of its scenes are uh, shot in sunlight but it's it's a really really dark film and uh, uh, one of the most memorable and one of the most uh, loved Shaheen films in, in Egypt today. Again, they're, they're hardly shown, but now that they're on Netflix, it's, uh, it's a privilege. But before, becoming, before going to Netflix, these films were, hard, were really hardly shown. 
but that particular film was uh, I mean I'm telling you even to the extent that the word return of the prodigal son or return of the lost son had become a mantra in Egypt like people use it like uh, in, in daily life uh, yeah so uh, yeah so that's uh, okay yeah. good uh, I want to ask you but maybe I'll leave it till later because I do want to find out what impact the screening of the films on Netflix has had in Egypt, yeah? Uh, you know, so has, has it made the films more accessible to people? Are they watching them? Are they discussing them now that they're on Netflix? Because, you know, also there's not too much Egyptian cinema <laughs> on Netflix, right? Yeah. So, so I don't know, it becomes, um, it's always, it's always interesting to see what is there. So, for example, I went to um, Buenos Aires in Argentina last year. Well, maybe the year before because of lockdown. Um, but I was really struck by how pop, you know, by which series, which Spanish series were popular in Argentina. Yeah, huge billboards. It was like, you know, the way that you imagine films before, just enormous electronic billboards all over the city. Right. And you just get a sense of, you know, the impact and the influence of Netflix and that actually, you know, uh, uh, Netflix putting money in to a national industry. It's a double edged sword yeah, because in many ways it has a negative effect. It disrupts the whole infrastructure, you know. But on the other hand, you know, it's an incredible distribution platform. Yeah. People see it. Yeah. Kind of uh, in a way that I think you know, before that was not necessarily the case. I mean, you know, even the most famous Spanish films, you know, they were often art films seen by, you know, a small middle class population, right? Whereas, you know, most of the country was like uh, rural. <laughs> yeah. So, so what impact? Yeah, no, absolutely. Has... I fully agree with you. Uh, um, Netflix has really had an impact on, uh, on, on Egyptians. And the way they have started, see, I mean, we've always been seeing films and and uh, and series, especially American ones, but Netflix has definitely made them more accessible. And uh, unfortunately, I haven't seen that much fanfare to Shaheen films being broadcast on Netflix, mm -hmm. other than a few articles. And um, um, I've been trying really to advocate uh, people that I know to go and see the movies because uh, in these uh, restored versions they're uh, really a beauty to watch um, but there has been one uh, Egyptian series that was uh, produced by Netflix it's called uh, Paranormal I don't know if you've seen it or not it's it's quite interesting it's it's based on um, a series of uh, uh, novels uh, by a contemporary Egyptian writer who passed away a few years ago um, and they're kind of a science fiction, uh, just thriller. You just go and see them. It's a, I mean, I didn't like it that much, but maybe because I I wasn't a big fan of the of the novel series. But it was, uh, uh, I mean, it came it came to Egypt with a huge fanfare, with the huge billboards and everything. Um, but but that's that's the only thing I haven't seen huge billboard for uh, other. American films, for example, uh, being being, right. I mean, like in billboards in in Cairo or or or, or in Alexandria, uh, so that was the only exception because it was an Egyptian series by Egyptian actors and uh, an Egyptian director, but it was produced by Netflix and it's quite interesting. You uh, you might want to check it out. It's called Par Paranormal. Right. 
All right, well, uh, let's put that yeah. aside and, <laughs> and continue. So where are we so, now? So uh, let's so, move on to maybe um, uh, Adieu Bonaparte. Um, yes, because that is, I, I mean, I would say that that is a, a significant turning point, yeah, in Shaheen's filmmaking. Uh, it's his first film made as a co-production with France. Yes, it? it is, yeah. Yeah. So, so that has just a tremendous effect on, on the financing and the distribution of the films. Yeah, for one thing, they're now all distributed in France. Yeah, all the, all, the, all the films he makes, you know, will now get a European platform and certainly, you know, through the festivals and so on, but actually also commercial release. The films were released, right? Which, you know, was certainly not the case with his work until then. So I'm sure, you know, there are good and bad things that come out of you know that co-production so what is what is your view on Adieu Bonaparte yeah so uh, until Adieu Bonaparte Shaheen's films were uh, um, either uh, privately produced from uh, by Egyptian producers government produced like in the 60s but uh, or uh, like um, produced by his own company with uh, um, Algerian and Lebanese help so uh, Adieu Bonaparte, I think, was the beginning of a series of films with very with huge productions. And Adieu Bonaparte is actually one of my absolute favorites when it comes to Shaheen films. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the way the film is done, the, uh, you can see that, you can obviously see the money being spent there. The, the costumes, the, uh, the scenery, the, the battles, the filming of the battles, I think... Uh, he did battles very very well in, in Saladin, but I think mm-hmm. in Adieu Bonaparte it was just taken to the to the next level. Uh, interestingly enough, the film is almost unheard of in Egypt, uh, for one reason or another. And uh, actually, for 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 some reasons which I can tell you, some uh, when the film was first shown in nineteen eighty four, the first thing like half of the film is in French. So uh, um, the conversation is in French, and that really alienates it uh, from from the the local Egyptian market. Uh, Second thing, I think uh, the film is is quite uh, uh, inaccessible, maybe, or a little bit complex to to be understood by many. It's a bit unruly. Exactly, yeah. And then um, there was also... uh, uh, it was also welcomed by, I mean, not welcomed, but it, it was faced by a lot of uh, criticism at the time uh, about Shaheen taking money from France to do a film about uh, the French expedition in Egypt. And the French expedition in Egyptian history is, is, is one of these events that are very controversial. Um, for some, they, many Egyptians consider it to be like a bad thing with like colonialist, the colonialist invasion uh, from uh, a European country uh, to another country. But many other Egyptians also recognize that while it was an invasion by a foreign country, it still had uh, many positive impacts on Egypt that, that actually last, last until today, maybe. Uh, uh, so that's why it was a bit controversial there. And <laughs> interestingly enough, it was... Uh, it was attacked in Egypt and it was attacked in France because in Egypt, in Egypt, uh, the, the press called it, uh, uh, called Shaheen a sellout to the French and that he was trying to uh, uh, whitewash the, the French invasion of Egypt. 
And then France, they accused him of uh, depicting uh, Napoleon in, in, in a bad way and uh, being anti-French. Uh, I, I don't think he was anti-French and I don't think he was a sellout because the film is very human and it really uh, uh, expresses or depicts this um, relationship between the invader and Egyptians in a way that uh, that is, is quite realistic because, I mean... It, People tend to think uh, about things as either black or white, but life is not black or white. Mm. And uh, uh, and while it is the, the the story is fiction, of course, the the relation between Caffarelli and uh, the, the Egyptian family this is fiction, of course. But Caffarelli is 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 a real character. is He's a real historical person. Mm. And um, uh, uh, so the things are not black or white, and uh, a kind of a relationship happened between this particular Egyptian family and uh, the French guy. And uh, the Egyptian family is quite interesting because, again, here you have the, the, the mother, who is, again, called Bahia, as usual. Uh, uh, you have the, the father. Uh, and w- one of the main criticism of the film was towards that character of the father uh, because you can see him being the pragmatic guy who, who would work for the French and bake for the French um, just so that he can live and feed his family, and then you see his, uh, his his older son completely refusing that and leading these futile efforts to uh, to repel the invasion of of Cairo. Which uh, and I love I love the scene with the Egyptians trying to uh, draw that uh, stretch that uh, chain across the Nile to to prevent ships from uh, from invading. Uh, it didn't work, but it actually worked uh, a couple, a few hundred years back in Constantinople. <laughs> so, uh, and and then and then you see that the the, so the film in that in that way I think is very is very human, and uh, again interestingly enough it's not really about Bonaparte even though it's called Adieu Bonaparte, but it's not really about uh, about that. Uh, but it's rather about the Egyptian identity, and um, I think Shaheen was trying to say here is that we don't really need to to be sellouts to the to foreigners, but at the same time we can benefit from them, and and this is what happened with the French expedition in Egypt because say what you want about the massacres that happened and uh, the destruction that uh, that ensued in in these three years, but. When the when 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 the French came to Egypt, uh, like I'll give you an example, the printing press was in action in Europe since the sixteen hundreds, and when the French the French brought it to Egypt, early eighteen hundreds, Egyptians hadn't heard of it. It was something entirely novel, um, and to that extent, Egypt was ruled by the Ottomans and the Mamlukis at the time, and was really cut off from from civilization. And in my opinion, what happened uh, at that particular point was that Egyptians were uh, divided into two uh, two groups. So the first group was the group that uh, that was uh, amazed at uh, the innovation and the technology that the French brought, but they were also afraid of it, and they thought that um, this was the work of the devil. And uh, the, the, the best way to deal with it is to go back to the roots, go back towards uh, religion and the scriptures, the old scriptures, 
and uh, adhere to them as much as possible. So this is the first group. The second group, I think, was the group that thought, why, uh, uh, why are the French so advanced, so technologically advanced, while we Egyptians are not? And fortunately enough, uh, uh, when Muhammad Ali ascended to the throne of Egypt, of Egypt in 1805, he belonged to the second group. Uh, he was not Egyptian, he was Albanian, but uh, he was bent on, uh, for his own personal glory and his family's personal glory, but he was bent on creating a very strong country. And um, I, I don't want to dwell too much on that, but uh, Muhammad Ali is the creator of modern Egypt. And uh, many, many of the things that he had done and the achievements and accomplishments that he had done him and his uh, family and his, his, his descendants later on, who ruled Egypt until 1952, uh, uh, many of these achievements and accomplishments were uh, inspired by, by France and by the French expedition. So, um, so there's, all, there's always a silver lining to, to everything. And I think that's what Shaheen was trying to, uh, to say. Uh, but but this, push, this, this push and pull of, you know... Uh, kind of science and reason and progress versus, you know, being attached to the old values or, you know, kind of the church in Europe. It's, a, it's, it's one of the things I think that makes Shaheen so universal because, you know, I mean, that's not just the story of, of, of Egypt. It's the story of Europe, yeah. right? Like, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's why Catherine of Russia invited Voltaire yeah, to yeah, and Frederick the Great, and yeah, so many. Yeah, kind of, you know, uh, uh, that is that push and pull, is uh, is is almost like universal, really, or, or certainly in kind of in my knowledge and understanding of at least European history. Yeah, it's 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 one that happens in all countries, obviously to different degrees, and each country is different, but it's one of the ways that kind of, you know, Shaheen's humanity and knowledge. And actually, this combination of cosmopolitanism, but also, you know, I mean, he loves his country. He's a European, he's an Egyptian nationalist as well. Yes. But he's a cosmopolitan one, right? And so, kind of, you know, it's one of the ways in which his films speak, you know, to so many people. Actually. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's the reason it's, it's actually one of my favorites, uh, Adia Bonaparte. And, and much of the criticism directed to it was, was really uh, just uh, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you remember seeing that guy from, um, from um, that video from uh, Vimeo, was it, right? The, yeah, I've, I've, seen, I've seen several. No, yeah, the one that, uh, the, like, the, the, the bad copy of the film, the, 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 yes. that he started by uh, introducing the movie and then later on after he... Uh, Oh, the yes, one you yes, talked yes. about on the podcast. I mean, that's... So that's the kind of criticism that the film got. And I think it was just absolutely nonsense, you know, absolutely ridiculous. Yes. Completely pointless. I mean, that was almost embarrassing. It was like opera buffa or something. <laughs> like, you know, you think like these people know nothing. And basically, I mean, there's an expression in English that he's speaking through his ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, but it felt, it felt very much like yeah, absolutely, that. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of, but again, it, it, it remains one of these films that uh, almost nobody knows about in Egypt, really. It's, it was shown in 1984 uh, for just a few weeks at uh, cinemas. It was criticized. It went to Cannes in 1985. Um, it won nothing, and, and that was it. So 
but mm-hmm. the restoration of course brought back life to it and I think it's an absolutely perfect restoration and it's it's a beautiful film. It is beautiful and I was very glad because I, I ordered the Blu-ray from France because actually yeah, interestingly it's not available everywhere I couldn't get it from England yeah you know I had to order it from France so um, and it'll be interesting to see how Brexit affects all of these things right <laughs> which used to be easy but maybe no longer are uh, but anyway let's move on uh, uh, to the 90s now yeah, yeah so let's move on and where do you want to where do you want to begin there? Okay, so um, the 90s uh, uh, started with Alexandria again and forever, which we have uh, partially talked about, uh, but maybe we can yes. uh, put it in, in put, put it into context here, the context of the 90s. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm not going to talk again about the relationship, the personal aspect of it, the relationship between Shaheen and uh, Mosa Mohideen, because we went, uh, we went over that before. But I want to talk about the political uh, context of it. And... Um, and this is, was one of the, I think, one of the aspects that you guys uh, quite overlooked when you uh, did your podcast about, uh-huh. about this film. Um, the, the Alexandria Again and Forever is, uh, is a try by Shaheen. It, it's, it's on three levels. So there is the personal level and his relationship with Mosa Mohideen and then his, uh, uh, his meeting with uh, the lady actress, the young actress, which uh, acts as a muse. Mm. Uh, to him and uh, inspires him and um, leads him to think about the many films and the many ideas that he had throughout his life, Cleopatra and Antonio and uh, Alexander that that he couldn't do. So that's the the, the personal aspect of it. But there's also the, the political and the general aspect of it, and that is the um, uh, the strike by the Egyptians Actors Union of nineteen eighty seven. And and this is one of the uh, this is a very overlooked uh, incident in Egyptian history, and I I think uh, the credit goes to Shaheen for actually doing this film about it because otherwise I think it would have been totally forgotten. Uh, I I really tried finding some resources on it, but uh, there are very scarce resources. So uh, thankfully Shaheen did an entire film revolving around that. And that was. One of the most important uh, events in Egyptian cinema history. Uh, and the story, uh, uh, in a nutshell, is that um, the Egyptian parliament approved uh, amendments to uh, the laws governing uh, uh, unions in Egypt, uh, including the Actors' Union. And um, these amendments would have allowed the, at the time, running... Uh, chief of the union to to run forever uh, so uh, to run endlessly like uh, with successive terms with with no term limits and uh, the 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 president of the union at the time was uh, somebody called Saad al-Din Wahba he was an uh, he was a writer he was uh, uh, he was a he, he did almost everything i think he was he was a writer he was a script writer he was uh, as um, he worked in in cinema, he worked in uh, he he was a culture guy. He was, I think, he was also at one point uh, he had government jobs in the Ministry of Culture, and he was quite disliked uh, among actors. So for them, uh, the idea of having him uh, the president of the union forever was something that they couldn't uh, that they couldn't get. So they decided to do to do a strike, and Shaheen was one of the major figures in in that strike. 
And one of the remarkable things about this particular film is the way he, he filmed the strike. So he went and he filmed uh, the, the, the scenes of the strike in the exact locations where the actual strike happened with the exact people uh, that participated in the strike. And that's why it's very memorable for me because all these actors that you see that you do not recognize, I recognize. I know all these actors, all uh-huh. these, these film directors, all these uh, cinematographers. I know their faces. So it's very amusing to see them in, in the film, not acting, but actually playing what they did a, few, a couple of years ago. Give me some names. Yeah, so uh, so you can see there's Hussein Fahmi. Uh, he's the guy with the beard. There is uh, Muhammad Hinedi. There is Hisham Hisham Salim. Hisham Salim is the guy who played Ibrahim in the the, the young guy in uh, uh, the Return of the Lost Son. There is Tawfiq Saleh, who is a, a director and a close friend of Shaheen, a lifelong friend of Shaheen actually. Tawfiq Saleh is the white guy, the little bit chubby. His uh, is one of the Tafi Salah is one of the really wasted potentials in Egyptian cinema. He 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 was a classmate of Shaheen in Alexandria and in, uh, in in Victoria College in Alexandria, but Shaheen ended up doing forty something films while Tafi Salah only directed seven films. So, uh, but but he was a great director really. So there is also Hossam uh, Di Mustafa, another director. There is Radwan Al Kashif. Uh, there is and then in the last scene. The last scene is amazing because these are this is real footage from uh, from the actual conference that the actors did. Mm. Um, there is Tahaya Karyoka, of course. Tahaya Karyoka is the the fat lady that, uh, and mm. Tahaya Karyoka is one of the most remarkable figures in Egyptian history. Uh, she started. She was. Uh, she started as a belly dancer and the performer of the forties and the fifties. Her her uh, she was at her height in the forties and the fifties. Uh, but then she moved on. She had a political role. She managed the union for some time. Um, uh, she fell from from the height of her of her glory to at some point being homeless, uh, begging. Um, not begging. She was she was she was uh, she, she was not the person to to beg. But uh, at some point she was homeless. Uh, she, she's a remarkable character and she's a very strong character. And she had she. She was actually the reason why the, the strike succeeded and the government had to give in and uh, roll back these amendments to the law. It was because of the Karyoka and because of the, the, the influence she had and the... the, the it works this way, Nietzsche. So uh, she, was like, she was the reason that, that uh, thing worked. And uh, the last scene, I think, is also very remarkable because these are real, this is real footage. And you can see how Shaheen manages to blend in real footage and uh, and and unreal footage with the, the, in, inside his film in a way that is very seamless. You, do, you can't even recognize which is which, which is real footage and which is uh, not real footage. Um, and, and then in, in the last scene with the real footage, you see like everybody. So you see this whole generation of Egyptian actors, which I grew up with. I grew up in the in the nineties, and these were the, the the generation. This was the generation of Egyptian actors that we used to love and see, and so that's why it's this 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 film is very uh, uh, is very emotional for me, and uh, yeah, it's quite nostalgic. Uh, I think you 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 really you guys need to go and uh, see it again. <laughs> okay, uh, um, listen, I think we're going to have to do a fourth. Yeah, podcast. I think yeah, I think so. <laughs> Uh, and I don't know whether, you know, do you want to end this one 
with Cairo as told to, or do you want to begin the next one with Cairo as told to? Uh, no, let's begin the next one. Let's, let's finish here and then. Okay. So next time we can do Cairo, we can do The Immigrant, Destiny, and then the yes. last few films from the, from the 2000s. All right. Because I, you know, I do think Cairo is a great masterpiece. Uh, it's a great yeah, masterpiece. It's absolutely, so, yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Kind of, we need yeah. we'll, we'll begin with that. All right, Hussein. Well, I want to leave you then. Um, if when you when you send me the disc, if you could write me a little note with the names of the people you mentioned, absolutely. Just so yeah, I, you sure, know, sure. I, I spell them properly. No, of course. <laughs> that would be very helpful. Great. Because sometimes you look for the names of actors and so on. And, you know, you, uh, you can't find them. I mean, sometimes you can find them in Egyptian, in Arabic script, you know, and, and sometimes there's a, a translation, but then I've been told it's not always correct. So, you know, I yeah, would appreciate because, you... because with, with the Arabic, uh, Arabic names, Arabic names can be written in many different ways in, in when you translate them to, to Egyptian. Like, for example, my name, Hussein, you can write it H U W S E I N. You can write H because in in Arabic, my name is just H S I N. So, but that doesn't work in English. So to fill in these uh, the vowels because in Arabic we don't have vowels, so we use the like who we don't we don't do H U to say who, it's just an H and then okay. there is a, a little thing that is put, like an accent like in French. So right. yeah. So anyway, well, um, actually, that's very useful to know because you know I, I, I did feel bad because you know, I mean the idea of writing an English name misspelled is just so unconscionable, right? You know, whereas you know I'm thinking, I, you know, this is so unacceptable if it were an English or a French person, and yet I'm not paying enough attention or I can't do it right or I'm not finding. The names, you know, when it's in Egypt, and it just felt kind of almost dishonorable. No, not really, not really, because with yeah. Arabic names, there is no correct way to write them in English, so it's it's fine, really. But uh, yeah, uh, since we're talking about that, in one of the previous podcasts that we did, uh, you, uh, I think it was the one on Dawn of a New Day, uh, at the the blog entry you did uh, when you wrote the name of uh, Tariq Safe. Sifiddin, who did the, the, uh, the young guy in Dawn of a New Day, you uh, wrote him down as Sifiddin Shaukat. But he's actually called, uh-huh. he's, he's actually called Sifiddin uh, Abdurrahman. So, not Shaukat. Well, if you can yeah. write that down so as that well, can, I will yeah, change you can it. Correct. That's very yeah. helpful. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there is no right, Sifiddin Shaukat. I don't know really where, where did you get that from. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, I must have gotten it from some website or something, uh, right? Yeah, I think so. You know, because, yeah. <laughs> So, um, but anyway, thank you very much once again, Hussein. We'll continue this conversation hopefully next week. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're making our way through Shaheen's All Of, uh, and I really appreciate uh, your contribution. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. See you next week. All right, week. bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> See you next week.